that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalists Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn, and just a quick intro for this one. We just finished this web series. It's called Making Minimalism. When I say we, I really mean our talented director, Matt Diavella. He he sat down and did this five-episode series and then did a sixth episode. You can find all of those on our YouTube channel, over at youtube.com slash the minimalists. And the sixth episode was actually a Q&A we recorded out in Portland, Maine a few weeks ago while we were on tour. We sat down with Matt Diavella. He had some questions from our audience, uh, some YouTube comments and different questions from social media. And all three of us were on camera, but this is gonna be the audio version of that. So if you've already seen it, you can skip this one. But if you haven't seen it yet and you just wanna hear the audio while you're driving or working out or, or doing the laundry, like that's usually when I listen to podcasts, I'm, I'm folding some laundry at some point in time or I'm doing physical therapy, something like that. Anyway, uh, here's the audio from that. We had some really good questions. We had some good dialogue with Matt. If you haven't checked out the whole Making Minimalism series, I would encourage you to do it. It was really a behind the scenes look on how we made that documentary, how it went from having this, just having this idea back in 2013 to three years later, having it out on Netflix and millions of people watching it. We also did a theatrical release and, and a bunch of other stuff. And he really breaks it down, the, the soup to nuts approach of how to make a documentary and also do it on a minimalist budget with minimalist equipment and, and really just a vision that, that really propelled us throughout the whole thing. Uh, speaking of being on tour, we're also on the road right now. If you want to come see us on tour, we're headed to a city near you, or uh, actually we're probably headed to your city. If not, we'll be at a city pretty close to, to wherever you are. You can go to lessisnow.com. We just announced the second leg of the tour. So we're going to be in San Diego, Los Angeles. Actually, I think Los Angeles is already sold out. San Francisco, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. That's the end of the first leg of the tour. But then the back half of 2017, we're headed to Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Philadelphia, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Salt Lake City, Denver, Phoenix, Austin, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Tampa, Detroit, and Milwaukee. So come on out, say hi, grab a free hug. Ryan and I are going to give a talk about minimalism. We will record a live version of our podcast as well. I hope you enjoy this Q&A session we had with Matt Diavella. And by the way, Matt has some other really great projects going on, some great video projects, and he has a wonderful podcast as well called the Ground Up Podcast. If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, you can check out the Ground Up Podcast over at mattdiavella.com. It's on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right, I hope you enjoy this conversation about making minimalism. Oh, and one other thing, if you want to support our podcast, we just started a Patreon account. Just go to patreon.com slash the minimalists. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. 
we're trying to build a new film studio so we can do a lot more video work and also higher quality audio work. We want to bring in some special guests and do some video essays, some live streams, some mini documentaries, interviews, and much, much more. None of that money goes to me or Ryan. It goes to helping us build a audio and video studio, also paying our producer podcast, Sean, uh, paying him a full-time living wage. And then any additional funds we have, if we have anything left over, we'll make sure we donate that to charity. So if you would go ahead and hop on over to patreon.com slash the minimalists, and you can support us on a per episode basis. We really do appreciate that support. Thank you to our first 500 or so patrons. We're looking forward to many more. If we can get to 5,000 patrons, we'll have enough money to hire a full-time filmmaker so that we can we can produce a lot more meaningful video content. If you can't support us financially, totally understand. You can also support us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us reach a lot more people. All right, y'all, enjoy the show. Wait, are we supposed to look at the camera? Uh, we can look at the camera, yeah. It's gonna be a back and forth. It's okay. gonna be very informal. Okay. And I'm gonna edit it to make us look really smart. I'm not awesome. used to seeing Yeah, you. that's what I did with minimalism. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> This is episode six, and with me I have the minimalists. Hello, um, everyone. The Joshua Fields Mobler. I'm not actually used to seeing Matt without a camera, so I, I I'm I usually want to avoid looking directly at him because yeah. there's always just a camera up to his <laughs> eye. <laughs> so most of your life is spent ignoring me. <laughs> That's perfect. That's good. So I have some questions here from from YouTube. Uh, people have been asking about the series. Ariel, I would like to ask if it was hard at one point to put a lot of money and time into a project without knowing if it was going to work. We split the cost, so it wasn't just all on Josh and I, it wasn't just all on you, it wasn't just all on Spire Media. Um, so Josh and I were certainly prepared because we have been saving over the last several years uh, since, we, since we started uh, TheMinimalists.com. Um, uh, you know, there, there's a, a little bank account we have that we, we, we put money into to invest into our business. At the end of the day, like I knew Josh and I had enough of an audience who wanted a documentary like this so bad that I was pretty confident and like there was no business model behind it but but my gut <laughs> well, I, I but my gut told me a, that we would at least make at least break even yeah on. and we were willing though to lose that investment yeah. to lose the money and at the end of the day we wouldn't have lost everything yeah the initial like production like Ryan said we we started with zero we didn't we didn't go into it saying, all right, here's our budget for this film. Right. I think that would have been scary. Like, if we would have said, hey, let's spend a quarter million dollars right. to make a documentary. Because mm -hmm. right. then all of a sudden the pressure is like, here it is. Yeah, we, but hey, let's split 30 grand between six people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We had the opposite pressure. It was like, and it's a different kind of pressure. It seems less scary to me, but more of a challenge. How do you make a, a documentary for functionally zero dollars at first? Mm -hmm or as close to zero dollars as possible. And then of course there'll be costs that, once you get to a point where you feel great about the film, that's really where the cost came in, I felt like. I don't, I don't know if you agree or not, but like, if we had a, a terrible film and we felt shitty about it, we're not gonna be like, all right, let's go off for color grading now. Yeah, hey, let's, exactly. Let's pay someone to make some music. Were, I, were you scared? I wasn't, and, and in terms of the finances, I was also at a point I mean, I graduated college with $110,000 in student loan debt mm. and I bought a brand new car. Yeah. So 
at that time, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I needed to make money. I needed to actually have some savings. But I had gotten to a point that when you guys came and said, hey, let's make this documentary, it was kind of the perfect time for me because I was just about to pay off all of my debt, but I had enough savings that I was like, all right, I can do this. I could like sacrifice two, three months here and there to get started. And like you said, getting started costs essentially nothing. Right. If I have all the gear and all we're, I mean, what did we spend like? thousand dollars on flights and split between six people that's yeah and we, we stayed in the same hotel like ryan and i were on that tour so we stayed in the same hotel rooms and like we'd share a bed or we'd or, sleep yeah. in a reader's home or you know yeah, something. Like cheap airbnbs yeah. every once in a while i'll be honest though man i wasn't scared matt because it was because of you like i wasn't scared uh, you you came out to new york and you filmed that book trailer and then you sent us the book trailer and i was like oh my and you just had that little camera dude it was just yeah. like such a it looked like, like a guy from Walmart. It was yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it really did look like it to me. And you're, like, micing us up and stuff, and you've got this little camera you're filming us with. And I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to turn out, but you just wanted to work on it as a passion project. But when you sent that to us, the final product, it was so amazing that I knew that if you did come on the road with us, like, I had a lot of faith that you would be able to create something beautiful. Like, I never expected to make anything off the movie or for it to be on Netflix or for whatever it may be, but I was willing to take the chance and felt confident that we would at least break even on the film. Due to that, due to that, that trailer, like I knew you would create something beautiful. By the way, it took a long time to even break even, and oh, yeah. if anything, that was a little bit of the scary part because, I mean, there were some failures in there for sure. I mean, for me, we did. It's weird because it was a, by most measures, it was a wildly successful theatrical release. Um, it was number one indie doc uh, opening for any independent film of 2016, or any, any independent documentary, I should say, not any independent film, any independent documentary. And, and, and that sounds great, but then you realize that, well, the theater in instantly gets 53%, and the distributor takes half of what's left, and oh, by the way, there are taxes and fees, and really weird Hollywood math that all of a sudden, <laughs> you get to a point where... I never understood the term Hollywood math until going down this road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it actually, we, we hadn't broken even, even after having the, such a successful release and debut, and having a tour... Even after the theatrical release, it still hadn't broken even. It, it took it took till we get we, we got to the online release till we were even able to re recoup the full amount of money. If anything was scary, it was that part where it was like, okay, we, we've gone down this path, and it has been lucrative in terms of revenue, but the overall amount of money that we're using to pay back the, the, the debt on this film, I, I say debt, it's our own money, right? Paying ourselves back. Uh, yeah, we, that, didn't we did not take one loan out for this film. No, no, <laughs> nor would I have, ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Matt did go to his dad and borrow like 50 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not true, not true. Let's, let's, let's just put that out there. For the record, for the record I'm joking. <laughs> Andy asks, I realize that minimalism is about getting rid of stuff you don't need, but what about minimizing the things you do? I'm always overbooked, and I feel like I can never catch a breath. What do you do then? Andy, Andy, Andy. all those boulders that you have on your back that you're carrying, you picked them up. You can put whatever boulder you want down. Yeah. You have to say no to as many things as possible so you can say yes to so much more. That's what I would tell Andy. We do it, I mean, it's, and I don't know Andy's exact situation, but when I was like that, when I see most people who were like that, uh, they've done it to themselves and they can totally undo it themselves. Uh, Elise has a question here. Uh, I was just wondering how, if at all, have all of your lives changed since making the film? 
Um, and what can we do as a society to further promote this message? How has your life changed? Um, how has my life changed? You know, actually, it's, it's changed a lot, and it's really, it's more so my choices that I've made after releasing the film. Uh, because for me, it was the hardest, most, most difficult thing I've worked on, because it was such a big project. But having done it and gone through it, I realized that creating original content was just so much more fulfilling mm. than doing client work, which is all I had done before. You've had fulfilling client work, I'm sure, at least more fulfilling than others, right? Yeah, I think to say it wasn't fulfilling would be wrong, yeah. but I think there was a kind of fulfillment and a kind of creative output that I could put on an original project yeah. that I would never be able to do on a client work. Because yeah. at the end of the day, when I, when I do a client project, there could be 10, 15 revisions that skews it away from my direction. As to where it's an original project, we're all collaborating, there's really no such thing as a revision. It's like being a uh, CPA. You, you certainly have the intellect to go be a certified public accountant, but are you really going to put in the extra hours to make sure someone else's taxes get done? No, it, it, it's not what you're passionate about. I think it's, it's the same thing with virtually anything you're doing. Luckily, Ryan and I have a CPA who's passionate about accounting. Mm -hmm. And it's the only person I've ever met who's actually into that. Um, there was another question there that, oh, how's your lives, how, how have your lives changed? Um, you can't go outside anymore. <laughs> right? Well, it was funny, man. We were in Boston um, yesterday. We were in Boston yesterday, right around the venue. It was Chinatown in Boston. And I'm walking around. And it was the first time where I knew that no one would recognize me. Over the last you know, six months or whatever it's been, I've, I've found that the more and more I go out, it'll be you know, a dozen times a day. I, and we're not, like, we're not celebrities. You know, Brad Pitt gets recognized by every single person he runs into. I can't even imagine what that kind of universe is like. Ours is a different kind of weird universe where one out of a hundred people recognize you, but you, or one out of 50, or, or maybe one out of a hundred come up and say hi, and one out of 20 recognize who you are. And, then you're, and so I found the good side of that is actually making sure that my actions are congruent with the best person I want to be. Because I know that no matter what, I'm in a weird way always being sort of extra, just a, a little titch more scrutinized. The only way my life has changed is I get recognized more. I mean, yeah. other than that, it's, you know, we don't have yachts now. Although, you know, minimalism part two, maybe after that we'll have minimalist yachts. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a question <laughs> in here down the road that we'll get to. What uh, was the second part of that question? I forget. Uh, well, it, it was more about the society. So what can oh, we do society to, yeah. to further promote so this if, message? So if anyone out there wants to um, promote this message, they just need to tell their friends and family about it. I mean, that is the best way to spread anything. I mean, when you go to a coffee shop and it's amazing, what do you do? You go tell your friend about it. If you uh, have an amazing experience with, with a company, then what do you do? You tell your friends and family about it. You put it on Facebook, you put it on social media. So I would just encourage people to do the same thing that they do with other things that they find value in. This is from Roger. What was the most challenging thing about making this film? And if you were to do it again, what would you do differently? Uh, the only thing that I would do differently, I think Josh would agree with this, the tour we went on in 2014, we just learned a lot of lessons, like um, don't reserve a room for 70 in Indianapolis because 500 people might show up to see you and you might have to turn away 430 people. What a horrible experience. Now luckily, that, particular, that did happen in Indianapolis, but luckily, there was a theater across the street that the bookstore owner had a relationship with and we just happened to like call an audible 
and move everything over. So it just worked out on, on the fly. I feel like, yes, there will always be problems. We'll never have a perfect tour stop, but the problems get better over time. Like that problem last night, it was like, hey, there's going to be 1,000 or 1,100 people here in Boston at this huge, gorgeous theater, and we've got to talk, and they're really excited to, to see us, and then we're having a video issue. Whereas like with our first tour, it was like, I mean, remember, actually, in, in the documentary, when we showed up in Vegas, man, yeah. we rented a venue, and no one was at the venue. That, that's <laughs> yeah. a much bigger problem. Can you imagine if we were at the, at the Wilbur Theater last yeah. night in Boston, and no one was at the, the venue? The closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare. Yeah. yeah, so better problems. Yeah. I got one more question. Uh, and this was a question from a lot of people. Mm. And they keep asking, what's next? Are you working on anything new? Is there... Is there uh, minimalism V2, or is there another film project that we're working on? Yeah. I, I don't know how you typically answer that question. Yes. Oh. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll tell you how I answered it last night, but it, didn't, it actually wasn't a question. When we were, we were doing the Q&A with the crowd, we were recording a live podcast, and I was just thanking you and thanking Conrad for, for being there at the event. And what I told the, the people there is, we're recording this right now. We recorded the, the Q&A, we recorded a bunch of other stuff that go along with it. And I'm not sure what exactly is going to come out of it. But it worked out really well last time. We weren't sure what exactly was going to come out of it. So are we working on something? Yes. What is it? It's a bit nebulous right now. And that excites me because we get to develop what the the shape of that thing is. We get to figure out where we're going from here. and and. It, that part can be a little scary because no one is going to drag us in that direction. We have to, we have to keep walking in that direction ourselves. Well, I just remember when you left with you know two terabytes of footage, a thousand hours of footage, or we, whatever from the tour. I just remember thinking like oh, nine hundred and fifty hours of of sunrises. Like all, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and time. Well, it, dude, it's changing now, man. We shot for like five days, and we already have one terabyte of footage. <laughs> but what you do is you're able to boil it down to bring out the awesome content that's in that. Like I feel like you're going to be able to do the same thing with this footage. So like I hope there is uh, a series that comes, or, or you know, a special or something that comes out of out of all this uh, uh, video video videography. Am I saying that right? That's what my, my, my that's what my parents call me a videographer. <laughs> Doesn't that hurt? Yeah, man? it stings a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I, I remember I, I was dating someone once, and she would refer to me as a blogger. Oh uh, yeah. And like, is. no, remember it was the traveling book salesman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was even worse. It was even worse. Yeah. Well, and it felt like that sometimes man I but uh, yeah I I mean uh, I'm an author and, and that's not even the title and now I'm just I'm comfortable with whatever you want to call me yeah. if you want to call me a blogger like what does it matter man I mean Matt is such a talented filmmaker and, and, and the the documentary that, that you made I mean that you ended up just it's your shaping this thing man and yeah. I'll tell you um, you can call you whatever someone call you whatever they want mm -hmm. they can't take away the fact that like that is your first feature-length film. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Yeah. It's, it's just so great, man. Uh, what I think is actually great is that it's, it's the fact that we're, we're doing this, this little Q&A here yeah. about minimalism as we are literally starting a new project. And we don't know what that project yeah. is going to be now, right. but I'm excited. Like, honestly, this, the too. past four days were, were pretty awesome. I think we got some killer content. Oh, I know, I know you didn't. I've only seen like this tiny little yeah, speck of it. Little bit. Like I, I saw like the little keyhole view into your world, man. And uh, I'm already excited about it. I can't wait, man. 
And that does it for Making Minimalism. Thank you so much for watching. If you got any value from it, you can subscribe to this channel for more videos. I'm going to be creating a lot of behind-the-scenes content for new projects that I work on with The Minimalists and others. I also have a new podcast called The Ground Up Show, where I speak with creatives about how to build something from nothing. You can find that at groundupshow.com. Thanks again for watching. You'll be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for And you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it So take